Everybody, welcome back to a very exciting episode of the Topic of Choice podcast. And Garrett, you had sent me this, the making of that uh, that music. Such a, it's just a chilling, ominous sound. And yeah, I think that uh, I forget who does that variety or or Lud- somebody like Ludwig that. Ludwig Göransson. Uh, no, I mean the. The 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 um the name of the group that made that video, but it's a basically behind the scenes look at the soundtrack. But I'm I'm sorry, yeah. I don't mean to derail the beginning. No. Go ahead. No no no, not at all, guys. Welcome to another episode of the Topic of Choice tonight. With me, I've got our good friends Matthew Snotty, Garrett Gabehard, and Lisa Wensveen joining us. Guys, how is everyone doing? Doing Golden. well. Golden Matthew. Great. I'm <laughs> glad great. to be here again. Thank you all for taking the time tonight. Uh, it is. Thursday, December the 3rd, 2020. Uh, we are still, uh, for those that are local here, we are not in studio yet, but we're still doing Zoom and it's, uh, it's working out and it's good. So tonight on uh, the episode, we are going to be talking all things Mandalorian. Uh, we're going to recap season one, then we're going to kind of dive into a little bit of season two, what we're thinking, the good, the bad, the ugly, um, and no pun intended with regards to the Western, right? Uh, but before we do, I do have some breaking news that has just been um, uh, released, and I want to read this. I don't know if you guys know this. John Favreau, critically injured, writer-director, and I'm quoting this, John Favreau, writer-director, is in critical condition and receiving no. treatment in a hospital for severe spinal injuries that occurred as a result of filming Disney's The Mandalorian series. Doctors say... The director has experienced extreme trauma to his spinal column and damaged several invertebral discs, as well as suffering a double ingenial hernia. The injuries are said to have been sustained due to the extreme weight the actor encumbered while pulling the entire Star Wars universe out of a massive hole. (laughs) That was bad. That was bad. And that's my opener. That was a good one. That was a good one. You, I, you had me hook, line, and sinker. Did, yeah. <laughs> Matthew, yeah. you were like, whew. I'd say, oh, no. And then, oh, I see what you did there. But how yeah. true is that statement? The last Absolutely. Time? Great opener. Perfect. Perfect in every way. He has saved it. Well, considering how bad, I mean, I think – any Star Wars fan, I feel, I, and, I, and I think all four of us are probably pretty diehard Star Wars fans, uh, feel like we have been r- robbed in some way. Like we have been, uh, you know, maligned by the way that Disney has done these Star Wars films. It has been a roller coaster of awful <laughs> since they took it over. And I, when, when I, I now look back at the prequels, with fondness and admiration. That's how really? bad this has been. I, wow. But even through COVID, I have found myself, whatever day lends to just, there's nothing to watch. I still will hit Disney Plus. And I have found myself watching The Force Awakens and Rogue One and uh, even The Last, not The Last Jedi, because that's a horrible movie. It is. But and Thank Matthew, you, I Ryan think Johnson. The only that, one Jim. I think that will disagree with us. Yeah, last, the, 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 the sequel trilogy is fine. It's, it, it far exceeds the prequel trilogy. It does not exceed the original trilogy. Obviously, that's the Holy Trinity. 
prequel trilogy is is terrible. Sequel trilogy is fine. It's there's it's fine. That's why couldn't I disagree more. But maybe we explore that <laughs> another gonna, time. I was just gonna I say know. this is not the 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 subject for today. But <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I, I do see this digressing. <laughs> Rogue One is the is like a, the saving grace of it because it's such a wonderful. I, I didn't expect it. It kind of came out of left field. It's so wonderful. But yeah, yeah the Force Awakens, the Last Jedi, Rise of Skywalker. What about I Solo? I disagree more. Solo, oh, I thought I was great. I like Solo. I thought it captured the essence of Han. You know, you felt like you were really watching Han and like finding out the story of, you know, where the, you know, that those stories that they, what they did right. And I'm going to kind of segue into Mandalorian because I think this is part of what Mandalorian has done well too, is take those pieces out of what we loved from Star Wars and made it a whole new story or gave you a story that was yep. something more. And I think Garrett went, you know, because I, I did listen to your, um, podcast that I wish I had been a part of after the last movie was released and your your beautiful um, here's the ending I wanted that I didn't get uh, so I, I know where your perspective is and I think mm -hmm. this is exactly what you wanted that you didn't get you know and I feel like Solo did a better job than any of the other ones. Rogue One too. I liked Rogue One again, but it's the same concept. It's a story that was pulled out and made its own tied back in it had some references but it took all these other little pieces like mandalorian does you know these little minute characters that they bring in and that now have a big part that have a history they have somewhere they came from and expand on it but it's its own story and that yeah. is what we wanted for so long didn't get and they're knocking it out of the park now well let, let's talk about first what is the mandalorian show for for the listeners who may not have turn this on let's first explain what the mandalorian is where they can find it season one let's just do a quick recap about this so you can find the mandalorian on disney plus i think it's the only place you can find it unless you find it nefariously somewhere else right but you're gonna you're gonna get it on disney plus there are two seasons right now um and if i'm looking at the timeline i believe it takes place it slots in there between uh, I think five years after Return of the Jedi. Matthew, am I correct on that? Yeah, yeah, I think so. So it's it, it's after the it's after Darth Vader's died. It's after uh, the second Death Star got blown up, but it's before the events of the Force Awakens. Yes, and the Mandalorian is a uh, lone character. Just doing a quick recap of of season one, and and by the way, let's just also say this if you haven't seen this there are spoilers throughout this podcast so if you don't want spoilers turn off the podcast go catch up and then come back to the podcast so fair warning garrett have i done my due diligence i think so i think that's a, a good disclaimer perfect so we've got season one out of the way and basically I, season one to me redeemed so much of what Star Wars had missed in the last few movies. And I know that we might disagree on some things, but The Mandalorian with what Jon Favreau have, has done in the first season, and we're going to talk about the second season, knocked it out of the park. Grand Slam, he killed it. And I loved how you had to wait every week, kind of brought back what we all experienced as kids, you know, wait for that next Dukes of Hazard episode or whatever that, that might be. And then the, um, the, in the final episode, we saw um, baby Yoda, you know, who, the child, who, the child, right. 
Well, yeah, the end of the very first episode. Yep. That was it. The you end of the, the very first yeah. episode. Sorry. Yes. And now we're the, here. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, go ahead. You're fine. No, and now, now we're here at season two. And I'm just going to tell you, I'm disappointed. I was disappointed up until the last two episodes. Because to me, it felt like the episodes were getting lost. It's like he, he, he was like a, a gun for hire. It's like, it's like a futuristic Western. He's a gun for hire, and he's basically just going on these side missions. It just didn't feel like Star Wars at all. Well, if yeah. I can back up just a little bit. So sure. in George Lucas in 2009 announced that he was interested in making this live-action TV series called Underworld. It was something that he was interested in creating and showing like the underbelly of, uh, you know, of Star Wars that we never really, you know, you all, you see all these major events, but you never really see the guys at work. You know, you never really see the underbelly of the planets. I mean, uh, you know, the, you know, the cantina, for example, so maybe I just want to hang out in the cantina for, a, you know, for a few episodes. Um, and so he uh, was interested in making this in 2009 there were more than 50 scripts written for that show between 2009 and 2012. Uh, in 2012, they announced it was just going to be too expensive to make, too, too much. And so in 2013, when the Disney deal was finalized and they purchased Star Wars, um, it kind of got restarted. And discussions again began with Lucasfilm about creating this. In November of 2017, Bob Iger announces that there's going to be a live action TV series after all, and that Jon Favreau is going to be involved. Um, as soon as he announced that I was in, I've known John, I've been a fan of John Favreau since swingers, literally mm -hmm. that long. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and the moment he said, John Favreau's involved, I, I was hook, line and sinker ready to go. And the thing about hype is it's so hard to live up to hype. It's so hard to deliver on what you promise, especially when it's something this big. Thankfully, I had the, defl the deflating experience of the, of the sequels to make me feel like that hype. You know, I, I kind of deflated the hype as well in my mind. But Tempered this, expectations. Is the, this is the first show to live up to hype in my lifetime. That first season met and exceeded every expectation I had. It is truly a space Western in the way that, I mean, it feels like I'm watching Clint Eastwood walked into 1977 Star Wars. That's what it feels like. And we had eight episodes of Brilliance, and then we've gotten into season two. I still love where it's going. I kind of disagree with you. I feel like it has, there's some elements where it has lost its way here and there. And I kind of think that that has more to do with there's different directors on different episodes. But I do think that overall, it has carried the banner for Star Wars in a backbreaking way, as you alluded to, <laughs> um, that, that cannot be under, underplayed. Like compared to the other movies, maybe outside of Rogue One, and I, I don't feel as much the same way about Solo. I do feel like it was better than the, the, the sequels for sure. But, um, but Rogue One would be, would be a close second. Mandalorian is right there with the original trilogy, the sacred trilogy, as Matthew said earlier, for me. Well, wow. I, I think ahead, it's, Lisa. yeah, I think it's interesting to hear you guys saying that, especially you, Joey, saying season two wasn't, I, I felt the opposite. I felt season two was better than the first. And for me, I think the reason why is you're kind of, you know, I loved, I love, I love all of it. And, and everything Garrett said, I echo wholeheartedly. 
But in comparison of the two, I feel like season one, you're getting to know these characters. You're like, what is happening? What's going on? It's a departure, which is good. It's not getting more of what we've always had. We're getting something new. And you're like, wait, who's this guy? What's this? What is this baby Yoda thing? Like, what is that? There's never been another Yoda. You're, you're kind of just trying to figure out what's going on, you know? And there were a few episodes where I felt... A little, you know, I had to remind myself this is for young adults. It's, a, it's really, a, you know, reaching out to younger generations. And it felt that way in some of the episodes. I'm recalling what were the, when they tried to break them out of the, the jail the one time and they're in the ship. And I just felt like that whole episode was not yeah. up to the same quality. So it was, there was more of that I felt in season one than in season two. I hear what you're saying about like the departure, these little trips and everything, but there's a central theme behind it. Now we have a story that's progressing. He's looking, he's trying to get this kid back to someone who has meaning for him and save this kid. And that's his mission. So he's kind of going off on all these different tangents to get there, but the purpose is the same. And what's beautiful about these little, you know, side tangents is each time you're getting to see a little bit more of the Star Wars world. You're seeing more of those obscure characters coming into play and you're finding out what the world was that they came from. Because if you recall in you know, the first, first um, saga, the first um, set of movies, mm -hmm. there are all these crazy characters and you're like, what is that? You know, who is that yeah. guy? What is that? And now you're kind of seeing, oh, this is the world that they came from and this is what happened to them. That's how they ended up in the rebellion. So it all kind of goes back into the original stuff that we love. So for me, I feel like it's been moving towards a purpose. These last couple episodes, man, they're giving us a lot. You know, we're finding out what they were doing with the child, what the child's name is, you know, all these big pieces are now coming together. So I felt like season two, we're really getting into the story where season one was more about building characters, you know, getting, getting the, the foundation. And this season we're like, we've really taken off. That's my, my opinion. Matt, your time. <laughs> well, uh, and, and I think that um, one of the biggest things that will tell a viewer if they like season two is going to be the answer to the question, did you enjoy Rebels or the Clone Wars, which are the two animated Star Wars series? Because what I'm finding is uh, I, I didn't watch them. I, I've tried to watch them, never got into them, and never found anything very compelling about the animated series. I'm exactly and, right there with you, by the way, Matthew. 100%. Same. Okay. <laughs> and, and so before season two, um, has a whole lot of references to things that occurred and the other Dave, Dave Filoni produced series, which was the Rebels and the Clone Wars. And if you watch them, you don't get any of those references. And so you're missing, you know, the, 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 there's still the story there, but you're, you're, you're not jumping up and down and be seeing live action versions of these characters that you've seen in these animated shows. Um, so that being said, season one, I thought was fantastic. Great. I think I saw every episode at least twice. Uh, the Bill Burr episode, prison scene episode. Um, uh, that was a fa fantastic one. Um, just because I'm a, I'm a fan of, of Bill Burr and the, the the style of snarky. I mean, who in Star Wars has has a Boston accent? Uh, apparently, Bill Burr's character in the Star Wars universe <laughs> has a very thick Boston accent. Um, but season two, um, uh, to, to, to put it in perspective, if you're playing a Legend of Zelda game, it's just nothing but side quests, and and it got yes. it, it's it's gotten you know kind of boring. Um, I've not seen any single episode more than once. Um, this, the episodes I have seen, I kind of was playing games on my phone during, during it just to see if anything interesting happened. 
Um, leading up to the last episode, which is the one that, um, spoiler, Ahsoka Tano was in, um, and Joey and I, I think I had the discussion after we both watched it, uh, you know, that it, 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 it made season two start to feel like it was Star Wars again. We finally yeah. had a light, you know, a couple of lightsabers in there. We had some some uh, old fashioned gunfights in there. We had, you yeah. know, just butt kicking and, you know, uh, stuff like that. But every episode leading up to the Ahsoka Tano episode kind of dragged on. And so I was really kind of losing faith in, in um, season two. I, I would agree with Matthew's comments because um, Lisa and Garrett, everything with season one, you're right. And, and Lisa, you really captured exactly what they were trying to build, I, I felt. Uh, I agree. In season two, though, I, I agree with Matthew that each one is like a, another square of Zelda that he's doing uh, from different missions to missions. And I think it's a great analogy. And it wasn't until we met Bo-Katan. Um, but again, if you haven't watched Rebels and you haven't watched Clone Wars, you're going to be lost on who these characters are. Uh, but then this last episode, and I, I, told, um, I told my son we were watching, and I said, finally, it feels like Star Wars again, because you didn't have to wait five seconds, and boom, is lightsabers. And, and, um, and even, even when she was referencing Yoda in the story of how she knew another creature like uh-huh. the baby Yoda, <laughs> you heard just a couple of seconds of the, of the original score from Star Wars. And it just brought it back to me. So it was very nostalgic of, okay, we are in a Star Wars world here. We are in a Star Wars show. It's not a Western. It's, it's a Star Wars it's an opera. opera wrapped inside of that. And, um, and so it redeemed itself for me in this latest episode. But the, the first few in, in season two, they were tough for me to, to like Matthew was saying, to, to get on that train and, and see it through. I did think it was interesting that they started with two monster fights in a row back to back. Um, you know, I, I did think that was an interesting choice um, with the, 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 like the sand shark, whatever you want to call it. And then we went straight into the giant spider. It's a crate dragon. Yeah. It's not a sand shark. It's a crate dragon. How I don't know what it's called. <laughs> I, I, um, I, all I know is I found that was, that was kind of an odd choice. But what I did like is that we got to see the Tusken Raiders and you got to see a perspective on the Tusken Raiders that I've never seen before. I've right. always thought they were kind of a bloodthirsty like race that just right. goes around beating Humanized people in the them. head and leaving them for dead. Um, but that, yeah, it really did. It made them into a nomadic tribe of people that yeah. just want someone to speak their language. That's, you know, that's what they want. They want someone who, um, who, who identifies with them and, and understands the concept of, of give and take. Um, so did you find though, in that episode, it was very, uh, it was very bizarre. And after a while hearing the Mandalorian speak the Tusken Raider language for me, I would have rather him just used a translator. You know, rather than Some, yeah, trying to do a vocal, you know, it didn't like, bother me as much. I, I I don't know, but I what I thought was kind of cool actually was the massive controversy the show generated over Baby Yoda, and now we know is Grogu, uh, yeah. eating the frog lady's eggs. Now, have you that all seen be- this? <laughs> do you all know about this? It's they've canceled Baby Yoda for creating a genocide. It, oh, wow. it absolutely <laughs> went viral everywhere that, but, you know, the general idea is that frog lady has, you know, what, f- you know, 65 eggs in this container or something like that. And it is the last remaining spawn yeah. of the race. Right. And, 
<laughs> and we see Grogu's <laughs> eyes flick over to it, and it is a it is apparently a a Yoda species delicacy mm-hmm. or something. Um, and so he starts, you know, snacking on these things. And th- yeah, that is, as Joey said, the internet basically was like, this isn't funny. It's genocide. But I found it very interesting because it's, it's the nature of these creatures. And we also don't know what he was doing yet. I will I, say that I am waiting to see if that storyline has legs, but I don't know what they were doing with that storyline. And, and Matthew, Lisa pop in at any point. That was one, what was very bizarre to me. And there was no CG. Okay, I get it. They're trying to make it more original, and you had the people in these frog costumes. And uh, mm-hmm. but, but quickly to the point of the the cancel culture is absolutely preposterous that people a are fictional character of a that fictional, eats a fictional race. Thank you. I I, well, I will have. I have it did not occur to me when I was watching it. I thought it was a classic. No, because you're normal. <laughs> I thought it was a classic. Um, you know, Star Wars, you know, stupid humor, you know, um, what, what's the word I'm looking for when they have the the humorous relief, you know, the comic relief is what I'm trying to slapstick. say. Yeah. yeah, that little slapstick comic relief, you know, I, I it, so it's the Jar Jar Binks of Mandalorian is what you're right. Saying. Well, one of those moments, <laughs> yeah. you know, one of those moments, I wouldn't say that the, the child <laughs> is was is the Jar Jar. I mean, he's so loved that's, and adored, you know, it's like that's a, a bit of a stretch. complete <laughs> departure. Yeah. But that moment, I mean, we have it with the droids in every every single star wars movie there is that element of comic relief that is kind of silly and some and sometimes doesn't land well like jar jar binks and there's been a few other ones that work and others that don't but it's it's part of star wars you know they they are building that in because to be fair i don't think there's been as much of that in the mandalorian and that's what i took it as when i watched it that i and again you know i'm not really understanding the whole frog culture thing the whole storyline of what was going on other than you know it's just another person picking up and i don't even remember if that was a character from any of the other movies i it, if it was a minor character that they drew on seen. i don't recall i that, don't recall so. it at all any yeah. any frog species yeah so i i didn't had had i not heard of it out there in the world it would never have crossed my mind i i didn't interpret it that way you know i and, and it wasn't a genocide because she still had plenty of babies left at the end. So again, not really seeing it in that way. Uh, and it's a child, you know, it's not like, it's not like Darth Vader eating her eggs. You know, this is, this is a child. Children get into trouble. You know, <laughs> they do stupid stuff. You know, I, I don't know. That's me. That's, that's it what I thought. No, yeah. Been... That's where parents' minds immediately go. Yeah. This yeah. is right. the kind of awful thing that a child might do. Might do. Yeah. And that was the one redeeming quality of that episode that I actually laughed at. And I, you know, I would look at my kid and be like, don't touch it. Stop. You know, exactly. It's not for you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Matthew. You have said what was the one guest that you loved? It was um, Amy oh, Sedaris. Oh, Sedaris. <laughs> yeah, Amy, yeah, Amy Sedaris. I, I can't stand. Yeah, her. I've been a. <laughs> but I want to hear. And I you apparently have never seen the quality '90s comedy Friends with uh, or not, uh, Strangers with Candy. Yeah, Amy no. Sedaris. The Sedaris brother and sister. Mm-mm. Yeah, David Sedaris is her brother. Uh, he's a writer, very famous author. Um, okay. She's an actress. Uh, she's been uh, on David Letterman as a guest multiple times. And she is so quirky and so funny and so self-deprecating and, and, and beautiful and just completely together. And then she's just got this completely crazy side, this little eye twitch. 
that you know uh, metaphorically not literally um to her to her to herself whenever she's on stage or whenever she's um uh, under a spotlight and she is just she has no fear at all as an actress or as a comedian and so um yeah so then uh, i guess it was uh, mandalorian season one um when he landed in, in whatever the the name of the the space fort was and she comes out and i was just kind of looking and, and and i was like i think that's amy sedaris <laughs> Oh my yeah. gosh, that's Amy Sedaris. This is this is an amazing guest spot right here. And of course, now she's been back several times. And for those who don't know, she's the one who has the robots that you punch the nose um, that that fix Mando's ship a couple of times. Yeah. Um, and anyway, she's just an absolutely phenomenal comedian and actress. And I will watch anything that she's in. But obviously, Joey thinks otherwise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's you, not you didn't like her mechanic character. I didn't, I, it wasn't believable. It was too scripted. It was too scripted. Huh. I'm yeah, so I, critical. I, I she's know. definitely a quirky person. And I can see her as a space mechanic just out there in a garage somewhere uh, with the droids doing most of the work. Um, but I, I, I definitely liked her. My, my shocker in the first season particularly would have been Carl Weathers. Mm. Um, when Carl Weathers is sitting at that table and you walk in, he's buying the, or getting the bounty from him, um, you know, trying to barter it away. I was like, he is that's apollo creed he is sitting <laughs> at the table yep. uh and and you know i i i i loved him bringing john favreau bringing these character these people who had never i never would have seen some of these people in a fantasy universe and right. he brought them in and said you're a star wars character now I, and, i'm I, the one for me that i loved seeing was timothy oliphant season two. Yeah. Oh yes but season mm-hmm. two yeah, that's when Timothy I thought. Timothy Oli Fantastic. What's that? His his nickname is Timothy Oli Fantastic. <laughs> I didn't know that. And that's and 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 that is not in a in a positive way. <laughs> I mean, oh. as far as the western goes, I mean, Deadwood is an insanely good show, and he just walks into any western set kind of themed uh, yeah. storyline well, just like he belongs too, right? there. Yeah, yeah, justified, which takes Star place in Justified Kentucky, well. I think. Yeah. Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, Lisa, Lisa, nobody's going to say Nick Nolte. Nobody's nobody's going to say Nick Nolte. Come on, season one. <laughs> Utah. Well, you, you had to recognize it, right? <laughs> right, right. I have spoken. <laughs> uh, that he was so, he was memorable. That was a great character, you know. I think, and and that line, I have spoken. I think, you know, I, my daughter bought my husband Christmas socks last year that said, "I have spoken," you know, because it's just become like a staple statement in the house now. And who knew that an Ugnot moisture evaporator farmer, whatever you want to call him, is like a Buddhist monk just out there. Just like he's got these wise sayings and he's just in the middle of the desert. Like he was a few miles away from uh, from Obi-Wan Kenobi. They were in the same place at the same time. Like (laughs) what? Why do you think that they for a lot of these guests, they're one and done? And, and not like, you know, Gina Carano or uh, Carl Weathers. I think Nick Nolte was in three episodes. It's uh, well, you got to have that fear of mortality. I mean, everybody's got to know that people can die or otherwise it's not exciting. Um, yeah, but but I would love to see more. And I think, Lisa, you and I talked right after that episode was I, I want to see Ahsoka Tana have an entire series after mm-hmm. this. Oh, for mm-hmm. sure. You know. I just I, I love that character. Rosario Dawson is just building herself up a a um, a cult following of people who think she is the cat's meow. And I will admit that she was really good in this role. Um, yeah. The fact that she was the original voice and then live acted it yeah. is just so cool. 
that I is cool. I thought she did a can, great job. Yeah. Can I do just a quick poll of, of the, the, the room here? Who, who all has seen um, Clone Wars or Rebels and knew who Ahsoka, Ahsoka Tano was before you saw the live action? I have seen, I think, what is it, two episodes of Rebels? And that is it. So I I've, seen seen any of it. I've seen a few seasons, okay. but I, I never, and it was the last of the seasons, but, but okay. not, but not in, not in its entirety. So was the Ahsoka Tano character a mystery to all of us or, or did we all have some, you know, read something on the internet well, about I'm who in, she actually was? Like you guys, I'm, to Darth Vader? I'm in groups um, with mega Star Wars fans who are eating up rebels and, and Clone Wars. And so uh, like, Weeks before, I think before season two even launched, there were rumors of Ahsoka Tano being cast and they were talking to me about, oh man, you just wait, you just wait. This is going to be, you know, and they kind of built up the hype for her character. Um, I don't know much about her connection with Darth Vader though. I really, I don't know much about it at all still. So I can fill you in a little bit. So she was Anakin's apprentice. Okay. Okay. And that's the history. So where she was talking to the Mandalorian saying, look, I've seen what I've seen this go bad. See this go bad. That's what she's talking about. So she and Anakin were like Obi-Wan and Anakin. And she watched him, you know, obviously turn and they end up fighting at the end of Clone Wars and they end up having this big, massive duel. Um, So you wondered at the end, what happens to her? And it's Mm -hmm. great. So this show says, shows you, she's still alive. She's still out there. And that yeah. for a lot and, of individuals that followed that series, there's some closure and it's exciting. And, and, and Joey did, did Ahsoka, Ahsoka Tano. I didn't see obviously any of these episodes, but apparently she had a duel with Darth Vader. Yeah. That's what I mean. At the like end. Cracked his, okay. That's okay. Yep. Okay. And she like cracked his uh, mask and, yeah, and she was able to see that it was Anakin underneath it. Correct. Yes. Wow. That's uh, yeah. That's I, maybe I need to watch this now. Um, right. I, it's intense. I'm, yeah, I mean, she's a very interesting character, and I, I know we're going to talk a little bit of later. But she alludes to that there are potentially other Jedi still alive. She doesn't mention how many or who they are, but she says she can't train Go- Grogu, and he needs to go light this beacon and and find potentially other Jedi in the universe. And it's an open question what Jedi she's referring to. Yes. So there's some theories there. And let's now do a double spoiler alert that if you don't want to hear spoilers for theories. I don't don't want to hear any of these. Can I check out now? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, seriously, Matthew, if you don't, you might want to sign up. No, no, no. I'm I'm Um, kidding. I'm kidding. So Garrett and I spoke, I think the night of the episode or no, no, it was was Sunday Sunday night, Sunday night after Cameron show. Uh, We spoke. And we both agreed that we think the person that's going to come to get Grogu is Mace Windu. It's, oh, it's such an interesting, because you think about if Obi-Wan Kenobi is still alive, Mace Windu and him were not completely out of the realm of the same age. Um, Mace Windu was a little older, but not a lot. Obi-Wan Kenobi would definitely be still, well, most likely still be alive were it not for his duel with Darth Vader. So, um, you know, it, it was a question. Um, the question is, who is on Coruscant uh, who could have gone to the right. Jedi Temple to get Grogu out of the Jedi Temple? Who, who was available to do that? There are um, the, the first name that I was thinking of being, uh, you know, the movies are my canon. So immediately I'm thinking, who is the one character who did not get 
a very a, 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 a you know a titan bow on their storyline. Mace Windu, as a Jedi Master, was hurled out of a window. I, admittedly, missing an arm, but hurled out of a window. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure that's going to kill a Jedi Master. I just, I, yeah, <laughs> as Matthew puts his arm in the sleeve. Um, yeah, I'm not sure who, you know, I, I just, I just don't think that that's how a Jedi Master meets his end. And so there's an, ex, there's always been an excitement for me to see a, a wrap up in the storyline of Mace Windu. But as I was getting into the fan fiction and theories behind this, kind of talking to some of these people in this groups with me, uh, they mentioned more names that are in Rebels and uh, Clone Wars. Mm -hmm. uh, and there are two names that I have heard, one of which I've heard a lot. The other one I just kind of uh, glanced over. But Ezra Bridger and Kanan Jarrus, um, I don't know either one of them anything about them other than that they are both in Rebels. Uh, and that Ezra Bridger is Kanan Jarrus's uh, mentor. Um, but both of them survived Order 66. Um, and and both of them are, presum I think, presumably still alive. So, so then here's the question that comes to mind for me. Okay, so somebody got him out. What happened then? How did he end up in this pod with, with leftover Empire remnants? And, and you know? life memories. Right. And so, you know, there's a lot there to get filled in a lot of room for for some good story making, uh, because yeah, who saved him? How did he get separated from that person? And then, you know, how did he end up where he was at to then be in the hands of a Mandalorian who has no clue about any of that. And yet, here they are, and they're bonded. And, you know, they're on this mission to get him back to whomever he needs to be with. It's it's there's a lot of room for some really good story making. Let's hope they stay on a good roll. <laughs> I, th I think that uh, that's the key is, is have they already planned this out? They had to have, right? They, they've oh, had yeah. Have, they've already had the story written. You don't uh, feel adrift at sea right now, or at least I don't. I love these villains they're now. introducing. Uh, I, I'm into Grand, uh, Grand Moff Gideon, or is it just Moff Gideon? Grand Moff Tarkin. Is it just Moff Gideon? I mean, not is Moff you, Tarkin. Is, that's is, when uh, – you. which one? You're talking about Gideon. 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 It, I think it's yeah. Moff Gideon and then Grand yeah. Admiral Thrawn is who they just kind of alluded to in the last episode. Yeah. Um, but Moff Gideon, I'm into that guy. I think he's yeah. a great villain. I love that yes. lightsaber, that black lightsaber thing he has. You know, it doesn't seem like he's a Jedi, but it also doesn't seem like he's just a plain Imperial, um, you know, troop. I'm not, I'm not sure what he is. Exactly. And I kind of like this idea that I'm going into this every episode, not knowing what's going to happen or what the who the villain is yet the most exciting movies for me especially with villains is when i don't know their nature until the very end yeah. uh and and that's kind of where i think they've taken me so far i'm i'm keen to find out what's going on there there's talk that um or talk there's rumors on the internet that benedict cumberbatch is going to play uh uh thrawn mm. I don't that would know. be interesting. It'd be interesting. A, a great a overarching villain. villain. Yeah, he's a good villain. Um, well, you, the, the Empire has fallen apart. And Matthew, maybe you can t speak to this, but the Empire has fallen apart. Darth Vader is dead. The Emperor is dead. So, uh, uh, assumedly, uh, all the Sith lore, all the Sith are theoretically gone. Now, we know about the sequels, so we know what happens there. But who? how is the Empire still functioning? when you lose your entire command structure in one night? Yeah, well. The answer is endless and endless amounts of bureaucracy. 
red tape, <laughs> lots of layers of management. There's lots of middle management, you know. Uh, yeah, a couple of people got uh, got got to pin on the the next rank up after uh, well, Vader you, and Palpatine went well, away. What do you think it'd be like Nazi war criminals though, where they go into like Argentina and like pretend that they've been Spanish for four generations, <laughs> so that they don't get caught by the rebels and and absolutely m massacred. I mean, wh yeah, why are well, they still trying to, to occupy these bases? Well, you, uh, the, 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 the part of the appeal of the rebellion has always been that it's been this plucky little band of people uh, able to do great things with few resources. And the, whereas the empire had, you know, uh, uh, powers of 10 more people and powers of 10 more resources. Star destroyers. And so and... <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I mean, you didn't see, the, uh, you know, rebels didn't have, uh, the rebellion didn't have those types of uh, uh, ships. They certainly couldn't build a, 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 a Star Destroyer or a, a Death Star or anything like that. So I think just through sheer uh, uh, force of momentum, the, the you know, the, uh, the Empire is going to keep going, even if there's no centralized command structure. You're still going to have pockets of it all over the all over the place, and the galaxy is a big place. And in terms of who you could have picked to embody that residual empire feeling, Warner Herzog in the first season, he was perfect. That was chilling. How he like, <laughs> I, I mean, I I believed every second of it. Warner is such <laughs> a unique and idiot and just um. He's a good uh, eccentric human being mm -hmm. into himself that he mm -hmm. kind of like Sedaris, your comments about Sedaris. Uh, he brings an, a, a level of believability to the empire that I did not have before that. And, mm -hmm. and in him being your first taste of the empire in Mandalorian, that set the bar real high. Mm -hmm. And then Giancarlo Esposito from breaking bad playing the Moff Gideon after that, I was like, can you keep, how do you keep topping this? Maybe Benedict Cumberbatch is how you do it. But like, everybody that is a remaining is kind of like what you're saying, Matt. It's everybody that remains is, is not, they were not there for a paycheck. They mm -hmm. were there for a belief system that they are trying to continue now, regardless of the re rebellion's growth. Mm -hmm. yep. So where does the Mandalorian go after season two? And then at what point do we see the Mandalorian's face? When is it coming? It's got to come. That's a good question. Did, did, did you miss one of the episodes in season one, Joey? They did, showed did, it did briefly. Not... <laughs> no, no, they didn't show yeah, it. They, I... they, they showed that it was the helmet was off, but they didn't show his face, did they? Did I miss that? Yeah, they did. Yeah, yes. they showed it briefly, what? but no one well, else I, saw it. Uh, it was like the viewers saw it, but the people, the characters didn't see it. It was when he was injured, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, the, uh, the 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 droid IG uh, IG eighty eight, I think it was. Yeah, uh, um, oh, you're right. How did I miss this? IG eleven, IG eighty eight is the IG eleven. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yep. <clears throat> but I yeah, Joey. So I think that you this. must have missed. <laughs> well, they Isn't kind the of. Joey, don't feel bad. I actually don't remember. I remember him taking it off and uh, at the hut scene where the yeah. uh, the ATST mm -hmm. attacks the village. Yeah. I remember mm -hmm. that, but I don't remember seeing his face. I remember seeing like the side of it, like um, like you saw kind of a silhouette. No, I'm I'm looking yeah, at the yeah, picture right that now. That was they, that was one scene. Yeah, I'm gonna have they to actually show Pedro Pascal's yeah full on face. Well, that's yeah. the other thing is you don't you don't get Pedro Pascal to be in your show and never show his face. <laughs> that's too much money. His voice is now worth as much as James Earl Jones. 
Right. Well, that's that's what I was going to kind of say is, you know, that part of the beauty of the show is that is that mystery, just like Darth Vader's mystery of who's under the mask, you know, who's the face. And you didn't see Darth Vader. They they did the little, you know, what is it in uh, Empire Strikes Back when they're putting he's like in the chair and you see the back of his head and the helmets coming down on him. Um, you know, mm -hmm. that you, that's the only hint it's, you get until he's dying and Luke yeah. takes the mask off, you know, and that's the end of him. So it is curious to know. I feel like it's such a big element of the magic of Star Wars because, you know, I was watching the behind the scenes for um, Mandalorian and they were talking about the difficulty of acting with someone you, whose face you can't see. You, you don't get yeah. the nonverbals. You don't see their eyes. You don't have a connection, and it's it's a it's difficult. And they've done a really fantastic job of having him not feel separated in the way you felt from from Darth Vader. You know, there's he's connecting. You know, he's he's got a clear relationship with the child. He's got relationships with these people, and he he is able to connect. And you do feel emotion from him, even though you don't see it. We're so so used to reading emotion on people from their nonverbals. You don't get that from him. And so he, I, you know, that's a, a really big element of what this series is. So I don't know if they will it's a good question. Will he lose the mask? They've already kind of set a pathway for the possibility because of the other Mandalorians, our yeah. good friend uh, Starbuck, who showed up for a guest appearance. I'm sorry, oh, I don't know her man. real name. Bo-Katan. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know the actress's name. I can't oh, remember. Katie Sackhoff. Katie, Katie Sackhoff. That's it. Maybe I disagree in this one as well, but I, I Katie Sackhoff almost ruined Battlestar Galactica for me. Her <laughs> frack comments, I could, I and the fact and the fact that it almost ended with her. When I saw her with the the blue sash or whatever it had i no no not again she cannot be in the show again <laughs> she's in every science fiction show now every Is single one and it's 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 always bad i'm sorry i'm sorry nope okay well the I'm, point i was trying to make was about the mandalorian storyline which is that they they allude to the fact that well, that's one version of, of you know, you're, you've been led down the extremist path, you know, that mm. this isn't really the way, you know, it is um, yeah. that there is another way. So that's kind of been put out there. So it's possible, you know, they, 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 they ended on good terms. They helped each other out. Could make another appearance. Sorry, Garrett. Well, um, no, what, no, what you're saying <laughs> is, is really cool yeah. because they really did. They kind of flipped it on its head real quick where they said, oh, turns out you've been in a religious cult. Yeah. for your whole life and and now we're just letting the viewers know that 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 no other mandalorian believes what you do and you're actually in a very small segment of society i mean regard i think the writing for her character was just fine i'm just not a fan of her particularly yeah. but the yeah. three when they showed up and i like the dynamic there i what i didn't like about that episode was that and i've told joey this the mandalorian has always been he's a clint eastwood right he is a I'm going to get this out. My, I'm going to get out of this situation myself. I'm a six gun shooter. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm quick on my feet and quick to think and, and kind of thinks his way out of situations, kind of MacGyver style sometimes. Mm -hmm. And, and he's pinned underneath in this little like filling water chamber thing. And he's just helpless against mm -hmm. three yeah. guys with staffs. And I'm like, mm -hmm. come on, man, you are a Mandalorian. <clears throat> you have a flamethrower on your arm. Who knows what gadget to get out of this? And you have to depend on three people showing up to save you at the last second. And I just felt like it kind of emasculated his his character that's, 
a little bit. And and I, what I liked about the Ahsoka Tano episode is that it almost single-handedly brought that back. It, um, it, it redeemed it. It did. Yeah, but what you're talking about was some of the issues that I had with it. Because if you go back to the first episode in season one when he's in the bar and he takes out, what, the three or four guys, no problem. Pulls the guy into the door and yeah. he gets severed in half. And you're like, like where's that Whoa! guy? Right. Yeah, where 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 does that guy disappear to in the episode, or, or the guy that fought the land shark, aka whatever you called it? What um, was it Matthew, a crate dragon. <laughs> what, what happened to the guy that used his jetpack to fly on top of that attack and then get swallowed and kill his way out of it? Yeah. Like, okay, but in fairness, is it hard? Is it a big stretch that you know you got all that armor, you've got these fire equipment, and you're submerged underwater with a cage on top of you and people pushing you down it's not a big stretch that maybe you're getting weighed down by all that heavy armor and your equipment might not work Lisa, because stop bringing it physics soaks. into this conversation i'm sorry you know the, <laughs> i'm just I'm expecting him to shoot the his one of, grappling hook out and pull the keys into the you know right. something right. i expected him to, or, or 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 who knows maybe he has like a spinning saw that he could just literally right. cut the thing with i don't know but i just felt like he felt very weak and and defenseless for a character that is supposed to be the opposite of that. Maybe he needs some help from time to time. Everybody needs help from time to time, sure. but he's so, not a guy that should be defenseless. And I okay, felt so, like that was a little too far. So Garrett counselor, would you like to recant your statement earlier that <laughs> season two is still bringing? Oh, no, I it? still think season two is bringing the heat. Okay. I Ahsoka Tano, the first episode and the Ahsoka Tano <laughs> episode. I, when I finished the Ahsoka Tano episode, I, I think that is the best episode of the show. Absolutely. Hands down. Yeah. Yeah. And it had Michael Bean in it. Which you pointed out to me, the uh the the henchman. Yeah. It's the it's the the leader of the patrol the patrol from the rock. I never recognized that man at all. He was uh Hicks in Aliens. He was the he was Reese in Terminator, and he was also in Tombstone. Um Johnny Ringo. Talk about aging though. Yeah, Johnny Ringo, yeah, for Tombstone. Um, He did he did not age well. No, he, 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 he he's interesting know. aging. It's just, it, it's so different that I didn't recognize him at all. But he still like pulled off the, the, that standoff at high noon was just great. It was. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, guys. Let's see. I was going to say, you better cut us off or we'll just keep going and going and going. (laughs) I know that all four, well, I know three of us, Matthew, I don't know if you could, but I could go on and on, but I know the listeners at some point want to turn it off. But guys, thank you. It's fun. Uh, Thank you for coming on the show tonight. Talking more about the Mandalorian. Oh, Matthew Matthew's. sits in this cave of wonders over here <laughs> with his d- full-size Darth Vader and 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 amazingly real-looking lightsaber. Uh, yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. We'll have to talk about this later. Well, guys, my name is Joey. Lisa, thank you. Garrett, thank you. Matthew, thank you. We will see you guys next time on the Topic of Choice episode. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, download, and listen. Take care.